Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, wife of one, here to share everything speech, language, play, development, and all that other stuff that falls in between. Man, have you guys checked out the new website? I announced it last week that we've got a new website, www.ivegotthiskid.com, where you can find event announcements, where you can join the interest list of Watch Me, Connecting to Your Child Through Play, my new book that's due to hit soon, webinar offerings. I've got some great series in there and also becoming a Patreon member. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to devote more of my time to you guys. So let's continue to keep this party going. And I hope you consider becoming a member of the Patreon community. You can check that all out at www.ivegotthiskid.com. This is our final episode of child behavior for the month of April. And I'm sad. It's bittersweet because these are topics that I rarely get to talk about. But I love talking about them because they're real topics and they're real things. That sometimes we think, I don't know if this is normal. Maybe this is normal for me. Maybe this is not normal for me. Maybe this is normal for my child. I don't know. I don't even know if I should even be asking this question. But I'm here to tell you there's no such thing as a silly question, just an unanswered question, because then you don't have the answers or the information that you need to know. Today we will be talking. My toddler won't sleep. Please give me tips to help. Please. Because if sugar isn't sleeping, then guess what? Chances are you're probably not either. And world changers, I am not a sleep expert. No, no, that is no, Mm -mm. I am not. But, but, but I deal in all aspects of toddler behavior. And guess what? Sleep falls into that category. And over the years, I can always tell a world changer who's struggling with a sugar, who hasn't got their proper night nights because OMG. It is usually not a good day. This is what I can tell you, world changers. Sleep is crucial for brain development, not just for sugar's brain development, but also for the longevity and the health of your brain that you need. We get one brain and sleep helps us take care of that brain. Sleep washes out the stuff that we don't need. It reinforces the stuff that we do need. And for our little sugars, who are learning at rapid rates, language, moving, running, thinking, sentences, all of that stuff that we take for granted, the sleep hours is when that stuff's being reinforced. And so if sugar is not getting sleep, the proper amount of sleep, then a lot of times it's not being stored in the memories the way that it should be stored And the stuff that needs to be washed out is not being washed out, which can make a very cranky baby. I can also tell you, sleep is crucial for a personality recharge. Now, you you keep hearing me. I've said at least two or three times, cranky baby. Because when that brain does not get the opportunity to recharge, reset, and rest, Think about that whiny baby that you can't do anything with. You hold them, they cry. You put them down, they cry. You give them a cracker, they cry and they throw it. You give them a toy, the favorite toy. That gets chucked too. They might even act out in ways to where you're like, this is not my child. This is not how they normally behave. You are right. Sleep deprivation or poor sleep diet will do that to them. 
it will make them a completely different person. And you have no idea why. It's sleep. And it also makes you a different person, too, because you haven't had the recharge and there's nothing you could do. And then it starts bringing up the feelings of well, what have I done as a parent? I failed my child. No, you haven't. We just need to get them get, you know, to the root of what's going on to help them out. And this is the other thing I could tell you. The final thing I could tell you. Remember, I'm not a sleep expert, though. I'm not a sleep expert. But this is the other thing I could tell you. Based on experience, seeing you world changers come through my office. Sleep is crucial. Not just for Sugar's brain. Not just for their personality. But also for you. Not just for your brain. But for you to get a much needed break. I usually recommend during this time that world changers also take naps when Sugar takes naps. Even if it's not as long as Sugar's nap, even if you do 15 minutes, like I am the queen of a 15 minute power nap because my brain also needs a recharge too. But world changers, we need that break. So many moving parts are happening during this time. And honestly, when you have a toddler, you're still adjusting to the fact that it's not all about you anymore. Even if you have other kiddos around, it's still an adjustment. And so them having those naps during the day and full sleep at night is not just for them. It's also for you. So if sugar's not sleeping, everyone's world is being shaken in ways that we just don't necessarily want it to be shook. Why is this happening? Well, I've got five possible reasons that sugar may not be catching Z's that I have seen over the years, and these few tweaks usually help in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Reason one, overstimulating activities during bed. If bedtime is supposed to be eight o'clock and we decide all of a sudden, let's play wrestling because we want to get the energy out, (laughs) chances are we've probably gotten not only the energy out but recharged in the adrenaline up because think about it what happens when you're trying to stay awake a lot of times adrenaline kicks in and what do you do start raring up to go it's like that second wind same thing happens to sugar and so when you engage in overstimulating activities before bed if anything it gets the brain revved up it gets it ready to turn up not turn down not turn up under those sheets for night night that's that's not night night And so we want to be careful about the kind of activities we do before bed. Like the trampoline is probably not the best idea an hour or two before bed. Next, diet. Diet, sugary foods, drinks, candy, breads in some cases, depending on the kind of bread it is. There's a lot of sugar, processed foods. A lot of those things can give that second wind can give that second bounce. So again, you probably don't want to give sugar their full meal before bedtime, an hour, two hours. I would say two hours before bed. You'd probably want to stay away from giving a full meal because what does food do? It gives energy and it gives you energy to do and go. Much different than like a warm cup of milk or something like some tea to where it's you know, inducing calming state, but food for the most part gives us energy to do. That's why we use food because it's energy and fuel to us. And if we're fueling our babies up too close to bedtime, then chances are it's going to be difficult to go night night. Another reason, late naps or naps that are too long. 
If sugar gets up at eight o'clock in the morning and they take a nap at, let's say, 11 or 12, but then around six o'clock, they get sleepy again and you let them nap. Chances are they're probably not going to want to go to sleep a few hours later because, again, sleep recharges the brain. It gives you energy. It refuels you. It restores you. And so if they're napping too late, taking a four o'clock nap, and you expect them to go to bed at eight o'clock that night, they're probably not going to want to go to sleep. They're probably still going to have two o'clock in the afternoon energy ready to go to the park and do all kinds of other stuff. So we want to be mindful about their nap schedule and how long we're allowing them to nap. If they are taking naps and you're like, one of those parents that's like, well, I like to let them sleep until they're ready to wake up. Well, three hour naps are probably that's sleep. <laughs> Past two hours is sleep. So so we want to get them up probably after two hours to make sure that when it's time for them to go to bed at night, they're ready to go to bed at night. Next reason. Lack of routine, no bedtime routine. Let me talk about personal experience. Before kids. Even after, and it took me years to to stop staying up all night. I would stay up all night and just, I would either work or I would write or I would watch TV or I would hang out with friends. But I am one of those people that if you left me to my own devices, I would stay up all night and sleep all through the day. But I found out quick that that does not work with the kids. It doesn't work with them and their schedule. And so I had to quickly get on a routine for not only myself, thank God for my husband, because he is routine oriented and he is usually done by 10. And so that helped me get on track as far as like getting to bed and getting them to bed. But a lack of routine going to bed at 10 o'clock one night and 12 o'clock another night and not necessarily holding them accountable or trying to keep them sleep as long as you're sleeping because you want to sleep and you want them to sleep because you don't want to be bothered. Like these are real things that go on, right? So just having a routine, a bedtime routine, even if you're putting them to sleep, making sure you're also going to sleep within two hours of that time that they're going to sleep because one, they need more sleep than we do. They usually need a good two hours or more than we get. And two, If we still have things to do, it gives us that buffer of time without being obscene with it and staying up all night. So making sure that they have a bedtime routine and they're not going to bed at midnight one night and eight o'clock the other night, like that can definitely mess with the sleep cycle and that can mess with keeping them sleep all through the night. The final thing, sensory difficulties that impact neurological transition to restful states. That simply means that the world around you is a little bit too complex and your brain is having a hard time washing out the things that it needs to get sugar to sleep. It could be sounds. It could be noises. It could be the brain telling the body that it's not in the balance. Like those are definitely reasons that sugar will not fall asleep or has a crazy sleep schedule and ends up like binge sleeping during the day or having days of no sleep and then sleeping like, and that totally throws off everybody's sleep schedule. Sensory difficulties can impact sleep. It not only impacts their sleep, but it impacts your sleep because in this case, most world changes have to watch sugar. And so if sugar is 
having this atypical sleep diet to where by two, they're not sleeping that good 10 hours through the night and they're waking up like, let's say it took them two hours to finally fall asleep, but then they're up at 2 a.m. And then they're up again at 5 a.m. Like those breaks in their sleep diet can have an impact on not just their neurological functioning, but their learning and their growing and their thriving. And so we want to make sure that we're recognizing when these sensory things are taking place, especially if you are a routine driven person and you have them sleep at the same time every night, but they're just having difficulties adhering to that. That's when it's time to get the support from someone else to help you help them get to sleep. So what can you do? What can you do? Like, I'm not gonna give you all this information and just leave you hanging. The first thing that we can do is establish consistency. The same bedtime hour, every single night, no matter what. And this even holds true for our sugars with sensory difficulties because we need to keep that foundation for them. Like sugars aren't gonna create their own foundation. It's just not gonna happen, but we can do it for them. And so even if they're rolling around in bed for two hours, let them roll around in bed. Don't go bother them every five minutes and tell them to go to sleep. You've told them to go to sleep once. That that should hold pretty solid unless they're getting out of bed. And that's when you just quietly walk them back to bed, put them back in the bed. Don't say anything to them and tell them good night. Two, avoid overstimulating activities before bed. Now, I said that that was a reason, but how do we avoid overstimulating activities, especially if you have a world changer who has a later schedule and wants to come home and play with sugar because they want to have that special time. That's when I say you have to redefine that time and that interaction and that engagement. Maybe instead of doing trampoline or playing wrestle or playing soccer in the house or whatever it is that's your jam, maybe we read a story instead. Maybe we reserve weekends for the rough play just to make sure that the sleep diet is healthy and that they're getting what they need and also you're getting the rest that you need as well. Three, avoiding full meals before bed. Again, food gives energy and we're not trying to give energy, we're trying to put them to sleep. And so for you world changers, this is just a little drop of just unrelated advice. If you have a sugar who has difficulties during mealtime, getting through mealtime, I would say when the meal starts and whoever, you know, when the meal ends, no more than 30 minutes at the table. No more. Unless you guys spend longer periods of time than 30 minutes at the table naturally because you're talking and doing other things. I would say mealtime in and of itself should be no more than 30 minutes. And just make sure that sugar knows that once it's over, it's over. So now is not the time to just talk during the meal or play with the food. Now's the time to eat. So that way you're making sure that the food metabolizes. They're getting that energy out at least a good three hours before bed, at least two tops. But full meals, sugary snacks, I would avoid all that sugary drinks. Read your labels. If you're a household that likes drinks and likes juice, Maybe instead of juice, you infuse your water with fruit, apples, strawberries. It takes on the flavor. No, it doesn't taste like juice juice, but it does at least give it some kind of flavor so you don't feel like you're having just water if you're not a big water drinker. Number four, creating a nightly routine. I don't care what day of the week it is. Creating consistency. Shower time. Story time. 
bedtime or music time, quiet music time, listen to music together, quiet music, story time, bedtime, whatever your routine is, whatever your nightly routine is, make sure that it's the same every single day. I don't care what you guys do during the day, if you're on vacation or not, creating a nightly routine, it helps sugar wrap their mind around we're transitioning into this sleep time schedule. We're transitioning into rest time. We're transitioning. It's time to go to bed. And so giving them that nightly routine is like the best thing that you can do for them and the best thing that you can do for yourself because they're going to start looking forward to it every single day, every single night. Number five, allowing sugar to self-soothe without support. And self-soothing doesn't always mean like they're crying or they're in an upset state but that they're getting themselves into that transitional restful state without your help. So after you do your night routine with them, you leave the room and you let them sleep. You let them figure it out. You let them drift off into into Wonderland. Or if you still have them sleeping with you, you guys do that together, but you're still not conversing. You're not having conversations. You're not playing around. You're not doing a bunch of overstimulating activities. You're literally creating a restful environment to help them make that shift. And finally, number six, provide a sensory calming environment. Provide an environment that helps them neurologically calm down. And neurologically just means like the brain calms down. Get that brain to make that transition from wakeful hour to sleep hour. So that means no loud TV. It's probably not the time to watch, you know, the Avengers or Star Wars or the biggest, you know, the the greatest war of all times. Like it's not the time to do that. Try to turn that stuff down. No loud, super engaging TV that's overstimulating for them and probably also for you. Low music, like volume low. Nice, quiet music, preferably no words. No words really really helps because then it kind of takes away you wanting to sing the melody in your head, which then can have adverse effects and keep you awake and avoid lights. So like night lights, unless you just absolutely need a night light, because yeah, I understand at this age, sometimes little sugars can be a little bit afraid of the dark, especially if this is their like first time sleeping on their own, because sometimes little sugar stays in the room with mom and dad for some time and they have that comfort and security. And then all of a sudden they have to transition to their own space. If they need that nightlight for comfort and security so they know that nothing's around and that they're safe and secure, then by all means do it. But just try to avoid like the blinking ones or the ones that like do all kinds of spinny, crazy stuff on the ceiling. Like, again, we're trying to induce sleep and rest. We're not trying to keep them up. And the final thing to help the environment is avoiding overstimulating toys. So the toys that make sounds, the toys that purr, the toys that moo, the toys that the toys that do stuff, right? You push a button and something happens. You want to avoid those kind of toys when making that transition into rest, into sleep. And, you know, I didn't put this on my list. And, and this is just bonus for you guys. I would say lavender. Lavender essential oil, not like lavender, artificial lavender, but like lavender essential oil that you can get from your local health food store, your local um, natural store, using like a few drops of lavender in the bath water to induce sleeping, to induce rest, having a lavender plant around, something that uh, 
promotes like that calming feeling. Lavender is beautiful for that. So consider also using like natural lavender because that also helps induce a, a restful environment. World changers, I can't emphasize enough that sleep is crucial. And I hope after this episode, you now have a solid understanding of how to keep sugar getting the rest that they need during the night and also making sure that you're getting the break that you need, the mental break to not only take care of house, but take care of yourself. Not having a solid sleep schedule can have a lasting impact on sugar's learning, thinking, attention, focus, and on and on and on. So let's get those great sleeping habits early. Your sugar is depending on you. That wraps up today's episode, World Changers. As always, send in your questions to questions that ask blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that wraps up to, blah, I can't talk. That wraps up today's episode. World Changers, keep sending in those questions because you know what? There's no such thing as a silly question, rather an unanswered question. So make sure to send me your questions to questions at I've got this We would love to hear from you. Also, I forgot to tell you guys. Oh my goodness. May 12th through May 14th. Sign up, sign up, sign up. There's going to be an empowering autism summit that I am going to be a part of. And guess what? It's free unless you decide to join the VIP, which costs a little bit. But overall, the program is free and I will be speaking there as well. And my topic's going to be moving from fixing to bonding pragmatic principles from an SLP's perspective. That simply means that I'm going to be helping you guys see sugar for who they are instead of thinking they need to be fixed. Let's let's work on bonding. Let's fix. Let's work on hanging out together. Let's work on having some fun together and just doing together and learning our sugar because you guys know that that is my jam, making sure that you guys connect with your sugars so you can continue to grow and learn together. And again, this event is free, but again, you can get VIP access to all the fabulous speakers there. It's totally up to you. Finally, World Changers, if you have not become a Patreon member, I urge you to consider doing so. For a small monthly fee, you can help ensure that we keep our podcast lights on. And depending on your membership level, we even offer some hangout time with me personally, your girls. So I want to continue to work with you and work hard for you. So please consider doing that. Visit www.ivegotthiskid.com to become a member, check out upcoming webinars, and send in your interest for my upcoming book release, Watch Me, Connecting to Your Child Through Play. I cannot wait. All this exciting stuff is happening, and it's all because of you guys just being fabulous and just allowing me into your space every single week, y'all. So make sure to sign up, check those things out, keep sending in those questions. Let's continue to connect, y'all. Until the next time, world changers, take care.